Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, aka the Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at the Gratitude Chick for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your reading corner with the Gratitude Chick. So today we are starting on a new book. It is called The Power of Awareness. And yes, I know that when we left off um, before the hiatus, we were reading another book. (laughs) I know that is two books we still have to finish, but this one I am trying to go in a kind of a different direction for uh, the podcast. And that's, you know, that's kind of why I changed the name because I didn't really want it to be always all the time about manifesting. So um, my goal this go around is to kind of talk about subjects that I think that needs to be talked about for me. I am a person that's on a self-care journey, you know, a journey to love myself, to, you know, get into better health for myself mentally and physically, Um, just a journey of overall great well-being. That is the journey that I'm on and that, um, and I kind of want to reflect that with what I am talking about, you know, what I'm reading about and share that with though with my listeners you know so this book is by Neville Goddard and um it's it's not a long book it's uh it's a pretty short book and it is called the power of awareness and one of the things that I need in my life is to be more aware of me because I often put other people first and find it selfish when I need to put me first you know I don't have children. I'm not married. So I am in a time in my life where I should be putting me first. But I still find it, you know, selfish to put myself first. And I want to change that because I, I, what I do very much so believe is that I cannot pour into someone else if, I, I, I'm not, you know, full myself and full of the good stuff. <laughs> so that is where I am right now in my journey. And I, you know, I started that, I think, you know, right before we went on hiatus is when I decided to do this journey because um, I'm realizing a lot of times when you're selfless, you are really doing a disservice to yourself and the people that you are being selfless for, if that makes sense. So what we're going to do is start at chapter one. And and because the chapters are pretty short, I'm probably read, you know, a lot of the chapters uh, in the first, you know, episode. 
So chapter one is called I Am. All things, when they are admitted, are made manifest by the light, for everything that is made manifest is light. Ephesians 5.13 The light is consciousness. Consciousness is one, manifesting in legions of forms or levels of consciousness. There is no one that is not all that is, for consciousness, though expressed, in an infinite series of levels is not divisional. There is no real separation or gap in consciousness. I am cannot be divided. I may conceive myself to be a rich man, a poor man, a beggar man, or a thief, but the center of my being remains the same, regardless of the concept I hold of myself. At the center of manifestation, there is only one, I am manifesting in legions of forms or concepts of itself, and I am that I am. I don't like it. I'm I'm, going to read a little bit further, but I don't like it. And it's just simply because I'm a Christian, and the Bible says that God is the I am. I am that I am. He is, that's God. So, I, I feel like he, this is trying to put the I am on me, and I don't like it. So I'm, I'm going to read a little further and not judge him too harshly just yet. I am is the self-definition of the absolute, the foundation on which everything rests. This I agree. I am is the first cause substance. I am is the self-definition of God. The self-definition of God? Hmm. I'm going to keep reading. I am hath sent me unto you. I am that I am. Be still and know that I am God. I am is a feeling of permanent awareness. The very center of consciousness is the feeling of I am. I may forget who I am, where I am, what I am, but I cannot forget that I am. The awareness of being of being remains regardless of the degree of forgetfulness of who, where, and what I am. I am is that which amid unnumbered forms is ever the same. This great discovery of cause reveals that good or bad, man is actually the arbiter of his own fate and that it is his concept of himself that determines the world in which he lives and his concept of himself is his reactions to life. In other words, if you are experiencing ill health, knowing the truth about cause, you cannot attribute the illness to anything other than to the particular arrangement of the basic cause substance, an arrangement which was produced by your your reactions to life and is defined by your concept, I am unwell. Okay, so... I understand why he built it up. I I get that because he was trying to tell us what I am is, especially to Christians who have, you know, grow, grew up in the church and know um, what I am means in the Bible. You know, he is one of the monikers of God. We know this as Christians. So um, that's why I was on guard, you know, ready to close this book and say, we done with it. So I get his buildup. He is not necessarily saying, no, he's, I, from what I'm reading, he's not saying that we are God. 
he definitely believes God lives within us. And his purpose, I believe, just in this statement, is to let us know how we damage ourselves when we say things like, I am unwell. And I I agree with this concept because I believe that whatever you write behind, I am, creates your life. I believe that. And it's one of the reasons why when I write out my gratefuls, I say I am so happy and grateful because I'm writing out behind I am what it is that I want to create for myself. This is why you are told, let the weak man say I am strong. Joel 3.10 For by his assumption, the cause or substance I am is rearranged and must therefore manifest that which its rearrangement affirms. This principle governs every aspect of your life, be it social, financial, intellectual, or spiritual. I am is that reality to which whatever happens, we must turn for an explanation of the phenomena of life. It is I am's concept of itself that determines the form and scenery of its existence. Everything depends upon its attitude toward itself, that which it will not affirm as true of itself cannot wake, awaken in its world. That is, your concept of yourself, such as I am strong, I am secure, I am loved, determines the world in which you live. In other words, when you say, I am a man, I am a father, I am an American, you are not defining different I ams, you are defining different concepts of the arrangement of the one cause substance, the one I am. Even in the phenomena of nature, if the tree were articulate, it would say, I am a tree, an apple tree, a fruitful tree. So basically what I am getting from this is that he's saying that the I am, which is God, we are kind of like the branches of that. And every time we um, kind of say, use I am and put words behind it, we are adding to our self-concept of basically who we are, our description of who we are, a moniker of who we are. That's at least what I'm getting. When you know that consciousness is the only, is the one and only reality, conceiving itself to be something good, bad, or indifferent, and becoming that which it conceives itself to be, you are free from the tyranny of second causes, free from the belief that there are causes outside of your own mind that can affect your life. In the state of consciousness of the individual is found the explanation of the phenomena of life. If a man's concept of himself were different, everything in his world would be different. His concept of himself being what it is, everything in his world must be as it is. Thus, it is abundantly clear that there is only one I am and you are that I am. See, just when I thought he had veered away. And while I am is infinite, you by your concepts of yourself are displaying only a limited aspect of the infinite I am. Okay, so I think this is very convoluted because anybody reading this can take this a a few ways. They can take this as I am God or they can take this as I am God-like. And what I believe, and this is just my own belief based on, you know, my years of being a Christian and my studies, is that the Bible tells us that we are made in the image of God, which means we are God-like. We have the ability to speak 
and things come to pass. We have this ability. So in that regard, yes, I agree. You, by your concept of self, are displaying only a limited aspect of the infinite I am. We have a limited aspect of God. We have the ability to speak and it be and it happened. And it, the Bible tells us that. Um, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. That is in Proverbs. Um, what is it? There are so many more, but my brain. And oh, wait, here's a good one. My grandmother used to say this um, to us a lot growing up, that we can call those things that be not as though they were, you know? So I believe that we have a limited aspect of God's power. And the reason why I say limited is because we have the power to create our own worlds and bring to pass the things that we want in our world. And when I say our world, I mean the world around us. God has the power to create worlds, create peoples and nations. and He has that power. We have a limited part of his power that affects our, the world around us. So in that regard, yes, I agree. Build thee more stately mansions, O my soul, as the swift seasons roll. Leave the low vaulted past. Let each new temple nobler than the last. Shut thee from the heaven with a dome more vast, till thou at length art free, leaving thine outgrown shell by life's unresting sea. So that was just a poem. I thought it was a scripture. (laughs) So that was chapter one. Chapter two is called consciousness. It is only by a change of consciousness, by actually changing your concept of yourself, that you can build more stately mansions. The manifestations of higher and higher concepts by manifesting is meant experiencing the results of those concepts in your world. And, and, and listen, do you, did you hear what his explanation of manifesting is? Because I know, you know, it's a lot of Christians that follow me. And um, although you guys seem to, to believe how I believe, I want people who don't necessarily believe in manifestations to, to hear what a simple description is. He says, by manifesting is meant experiencing the results of these concepts in your world. Or, in layman's terms, experiencing the results of what you've believed and asked for. The Bible says that you can call those things that be not as though they were. That is manifesting. So, for people who, you know, for Christians who tend to think that manifesting is of the devil, the word, don't get caught up on the word. Think of the description of the word. And the description of the word is in the Bible, You have the ability to call those things that be not as though they were. uh, Excuse me, Mark tells you if you can believe you can have anything that you want. How many parables have you seen where Jesus went and said, if you, uh, you know, the, the person says, hey, can you heal me? You know, I can't see or I can't walk. And he says, um, do you believe? And they are like, yes, be it unto you as you believe those people got up and walked and saw because they believed and it manifested in their bodies. That is manifestation. When you believe, what you believe materializes for you. And no, it's not magic. So 
I just thought I would say that. Okay. It is of vital importance to understand clearly just what consciousness is. The reason lies in the fact that consciousness is the only, excuse me, is the one and only reality. It is the first and only cause substance of the phenomena of life. Nothing has existence for man save through the consciousness he has of it. Therefore, it is to consciousness you must turn, for it is the only foundation on which the phenomena of life can be explained. If we accept the idea of a first cause, it would follow that the evolution of that cause could never result in anything foreign to itself. That is, if the first cause substance is light, all its evolutions, fruits, and manifestations will remain light. The first cause substance being consciousness, all its evolutions, fruits, and phenomena must remain consciousness. All that could be observed would be a higher or lower form or variation of the same thing. In other words, if your consciousness is the only reality, it must also be the only substance. Consequently, what appears to you as circumstances, conditions, and even material objects is really only the product of your own consciousness. Nature then, as a thing or a complex of things, external to your mind must be rejected you and your environment cannot be regarded as existing separately you and your world are one and it goes back to really what he was just saying before you have the power and ability to to affect the world around you and because you have that inside of you nothing outside of you is what you use to affect that world everything resides in you it is that consciousness it is that subconsciousness it re- it all resides in you so you have the power to think and to feel and to believe the things that you want in life to affect your world you know and it's one of the reasons why i use gratitude so much why i have taken on the moniker of the gratitude chick Because if I think and feel and believe that I am grateful and that I am, I am gratitude and I am always practicing gratitude from within, especially, then guess what's going to happen? By the law of attraction, everything that I am thinking within, I am going to attract myself in the world around me. That is just how it works. Therefore, you must turn from the objective appearance of things to the subjective center of things, your consciousness. If you truly desire to know the cause of the phenomena of life and how to use this knowledge to realize your fondest dreams. In the midst of the apparent contradictions, antagonisms, and contrasts of your life, there is only one principle at work, only your consciousness operating. Difference does not consist in variety of substance, but in variety of arrangement of the same cause substance, your consciousness. The world moves with motiveless necessity. By this is meant that it has no motive of its own, but is under the necessity of manifesting your concept, the arrangement of your mind, and your mind is always arranged in the image of all you believe and consent to as truth. And one of the taglines on the podcast, if you ever read the description, is what you believe to be true is true for your in your reality. 
that is like the top tagline if you ever go to read the description box in um, the podcast because it is true. What you believe to be true is what you are creating in your life. If you believe that money is um, hard to, to get, guess what? That is what you're creating for yourself in your life because you believe that to be true. If you believe that uh, money flows to you like water, you you know that's what you experience in your life because that is what you believe to be true in your life. It does not have to, what you believe does not have to be what I believe. You know what I mean? And that's why I want you guys to get that what you believe to be true is true for you and your reality. It doesn't have to be true for me and my reality. So I believe that gratitude is the top tier. I believe gratitude is the umbrella under which every other, you know, positive affirmation manifestation or whatever exists. I believe that. You may not believe that. You may believe, you know, you have to do all of these things, you know, in order to get whatever you want to come to fruition. That is what you believe in your reality. My reality says gratitude is where everything hinges. When I am grateful and I am flying high and, you know, got these high vibes going, automatically I'm going to speak positive things to myself, you know, automatically. So that is why I am a proponent of the daily practice of gratitude, because the more that you are grateful, the more you receive in the world around you to be grateful for. And the more that you receive to be grateful for, the more positive things come out of your life. The more you teach people about positive affirming statements, the more you say things like, Um, I live in the joyous expectancy of the best because invariably the best comes to me. You know this to be true for yourself because the more that you practice gratitude in your life, the more good things come to you. So because of that, because you have that experience, your positive affirmation is, I live in the joyful expectancy, the joyous expectancy of the best because invariably the best comes to me. You have no choice but to, to, to believe that because you see that in the world around you. So this is why I have that tagline in the podcast that says, what you believe to be true is true for you in your reality. The rich man, poor man, beggar man, or thief are not different minds, but different arrangements of the same mind in the same sense that a piece of steel with magnifies differs not in substance from its demagnetized state, but in the arrangement and order of its molecules. A single electron revolving in a specified orbit constitutes the unit of magnetism. When a piece of metal, excuse me, when a piece of steel or anything else is demagnetized, the revolving electrons have not stopped. Therefore, the magnetism has not gone out of existence. There is only a rearrangement of the particles so that they produce no outside or perceptible effect. When particles are arranged at random, mixed up in all directions, the substance is said to be demagnetized. But when particles are marshaled in ranks so that a number of them face in one direction, the substance is a magnet. Magnetism is not generated, it is displayed. 
Health, wealth, beauty, and genius are not created. They are only manifested by the arrangement of your mind. That is by your concept of yourself and your concept of yourself is all that you accept and consent to as true. What you consent to can only be discovered by an uncritical observation of your reactions to life. Your reactions reveal where you live psychologically and where you live psychologically determines how you live here in the outer visible world. The importance of this in your daily life should be immediately apparent. The basic nature of the primal cause is consciousness. Therefore, the ultimate substance of all things is consciousness. And this is what I, I, this is what I keep trying to tell you guys. What you believe to be true is true for you. So how you live your life daily, the affirming statements that run through your mind every single day, these things are what you are creating for yourself in your life. Look at the world around you and not just look at the world around you, look at yourself. What have you been telling you about you that has created you today? That's deep. When I look at myself and I can remember back all of the negative things that I've said to to me about me is why I am here right now. And I know um, on, on an episode a while ago, I told you guys that I had, uh, I was diagnosed with a gastrointestinal disorder called gastritis. And what is crazy is that a number of years back before I was even diagnosed with this in my 20s, I used to tell people that I had gastritis if I had just like a, a gas day, like a day that I was gassy, I would say that I had gastritis. Is that not crazy? And this is why I tell my niece, you have to watch your words because even if you're, you're saying something in jest, the universe doesn't know that you're not, you're, it's not something that you want that you don't want. You don't the, the universe doesn't know that. So you're saying something in jest when you're actually creating because we have the power to speak and it be. So when I said that I have gastritis, imagine 20 years later being diagnosed with that very thing that you used to joke about having when you were gassy. And you didn't even know what gastritis was. Is that not crazy to you? Because it's crazy to me when I think about it. Like, what did I do to myself? Because this thing is not a game around here. You know, it is not a joke to have this. So, and, and this is this is why I'm I'm I am right now watching even more closely the things that I say. Watching even more closely, making sure that I'm practicing gratitude and doing my affirmations and all of these things because I want to be able to say good things about myself and good things about the people that I let be around me, you know? All right, so this is the last chapter we're going to read today. It's called uh, Power of Assumption. Man's chief delusion is his conviction that there are causes other than his own state of consciousness. All that befalls a man, all that is done by him, All that comes from him happens as a result of his state of consciousness. A man's consciousness is all that he thinks and desires and loves, all that he believes is true and consents to. That is why a change of consciousness is necessary 
before you can change your outer world. Did you guys hear that? A change of consciousness is necessary before you can change your outer world. And how do you bring about this change of consciousness? My my opinion and what I am going to advise, gratitude. Ha, huh, what did you think? What did you think I was going to say? Definitely gratitude. When you start the daily practice of gratitude, you are changing yourself inside. And the more you change yourself to be a person that is grateful all the time, the more you will experience good things in your outer world. Rain falls as a result of a change in the temperature in the higher regions of the atmosphere. So in like manner, a change of circumstance happens as a result of a change in your state of consciousness. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is a Bible verse. To be transformed, the whole basis of your thoughts must change. But your thoughts cannot change unless you have new ideas. For you think from your ideas. All transformation begins with an intense burning desire to be transformed. Do you have that burning desire? I do. I'm tired of feeling unwell because we create, you know, with our thoughts, our words, and our feelings. I don't want to have a third of the process feeling unwell. So for me, I am tired of this, you know, I have not actively been trying to heal the gastritis. In fact, this summer has been you know, a trash eating summer. So as a result today, I don't feel the the greatest. And I'm literally sitting here doing a liquid diet to try to give my GI tract a break on digestion. So I'm literally sitting here doing a liquid diet as I speak to you guys. The first step in the renewing of the mind is desire. You must want to be different and intend to be. That is deep your intentions what you set for yourself is the first part of the creative process so you must want to be different and intend to be don't negate that before you can begin to change yourself then you must make your future dream a present fact you do this by assuming the feeling of your wish fulfilled by desiring to be other than what you are You can create an ideal of the person you want to be and assume that you are already that person. If this assumption is persisted in until it becomes your dominant feeling, the attainment of your ideal is inevitable. So if I decide that I want to be the gratitude chick and I persist in the assumption that I am the gratitude chick and it's not just a moniker, it becomes my dominant feeling Gratitude is my dominant feeling, thereby becoming my life. I live a life of gratitude. And living a life of gratitude means to me, for me in my life, attaining everything that I want in life. That's what it means to me. The ideal you hope to achieve is always ready for an incarnation. But unless you yourself offer it human parentage, it is incapable of birth. Therefore, your attitude should be one in which, having desired to express a higher state, you alone accept the, the task of incarnating this new and greater value of yourself. In giving birth to your ideal, 
you must bear in mind that the methods of mental and spiritual knowledge are entirely different. This is a point that is truly understood by probably not more than one person in a million. You know a thing mentally by looking at it from the outside, by comparing it with other things, by analyzing it and defining it by thinking of it, whereas you can know a thing spiritually only by becoming it, only by thinking from it. And that is one of the things that Neville Goddard believes is that you need to think from the state in which you want to be in. And that is why his kind of tagline is uh, feel the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Because if you are in that state, then you think from that state, right? And thinking from that state really just means putting your mind in the, in the, the end state. What will you do when you have whatever it is that you want? For instance, if, um, and this is going to be small, if you're um, wanting a bike, okay, and you're feeling the feeling of the wish fulfilled, you're in the end state of having the bike, what will you do with that bike? Think from that. And so if I have a bike, I'm going to go on some bike rides, right? So I'm going to think of myself riding my bike. And that is how you think from that state. You must be the thing itself and not merely talk about it or look at it. You must be like the moth in search of his idol, the flame, who spurred with true desire, plunging at once into the sacred fire, folded his wings within till he became one color and one substance with the flame. He only knew the flame who in it burned and only he could tell who never to tell returned. Just as the moth in his desire to know the flame was willing to destroy himself, so must you, in becoming a new person, be willing to die to your present self. You must be conscious of being healthy if you are to know what health is. I, 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 you don't understand. And those of you with GI disorders, you, 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 you feel my pain, okay? So this is telling us you must be conscious of being healthy if you are to know what health is. And I'm not just saying people with G, G, you know, GI, GI disorders, but they understand what I am going through because um, gastritis doesn't look painful on the outside. You can't see anything different. Not really. Um, it's, it's really an inside issue, and especially when you have um, issues like with anxiety all of that stuff that, you know, the, those negative feelings that you sometimes feel, it all settles in your gut. And, you know, that sometimes that's how you get stomach aches. And when you feel all that fluttering in your stomach when you're angry and pissed off, that is what that is. So imagine having a gastrointestinal disorder plus having all these feelings settle in your stomach like that. <sighs> Trust me. Okay. So again, he says, you must be conscious of being healthy if you are to know what health is. You must be conscious of being secure if you want to know, if you are to know what security is. Therefore, to incarnate a new and greater value of yourself, you must assume that you already are what you want to be and then live by faith in this assumption, which is not yet incarnate in the body of your life. So back to the health part. If you are a person that has whatever, um, whatever disease, like I'm just going to say gastritis because that's what I deal with. 
my goal is to live in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And that is in a place where I am healthy and I, I have no issues. I'm just living life as a healthy human being. And that is where I have to live from. And like, that's the assumption that I have to make until it becomes a belief. And in order for it to become a belief, I have to live from that. I have to think from that space. I have to think from the space of, you know, basically I have to to tell my, say to myself, what will you do when you are free from this disorder? And for me, um, I, I don't like going outside because going outside proves, you know, when you're going places, going out with friends, you can't, it's just, this thing is very debilitating. So it, to me, it's easier to stay home than to go outside. So for me, it is going to be going back outside, going traveling, you know what I mean? Because I, I love to travel. So that's where I will be thinking from the end when my wish is fulfilled and I'm living my life free and clear and healthy. And that is one of the reasons why one of my affirmations is I am healthy. And I repeat that three times and I talk about how my stomach is healthy, my GI tract is healthy, because I want to be healthy. I want all of that to be healthy again. But I think the part that I have been missing is I'm still, I'm saying my affirmations, but I'm still living here and thinking from here. You see what I mean? I'm still living with gastritis and thinking from gastritis instead of living healthy, thinking from health. So that is definitely a change. And even though I think I, I don't, I can't say I, I, I knew better but it was out there, and I knew that this information was out there. I just didn't take that into consideration. Okay, so I'm going to just read it all again. Therefore, to incarnate a new and greater value of yourself, you must assume that you already are what you want to be and then live by faith in this assumption, which is not yet incarnate in the body of your life, and confidence that this new value or state of consciousness will become incarnate through your absolute fidelity to the assumption that you are that which you desire to be. This is what wholeness means, what integrity means. They mean submission of the whole self to the feeling of the wish fulfilled in certainty that that new state of consciousness is the renewing of mind which transforms. There is no order in nature corresponding to this willing submission of the self to the ideal Uh, to the ideal beyond the self. Therefore, it is the height of folly to expect the incarnation of a new and greater concept of self to come about by natural evolutionary process. That which requires a state of consciousness to produce its effect obviously cannot be affected without such a state of consciousness. And in your ability to assume the feeling of greater life, to assume a new concept of yourself, You possess what the rest of nature does not possess, imagination, the instrument by which you create your world. Your imagination is the instrument, the means whereby your redemption from slavery, sickness, and poverty is affected. If you refuse to assume the responsibility of the incarnation of a new and higher concept of of yourself, then you reject the means, the only means whereby your redemption that is the attainment of your ideal can be affected. 
Imagination is the only redemptive power in the universe. I disagree. I, you know, I'm a Christian, so I disagree with that. However, your nature is such that it is optional to you whether you remain in your present concept of yourself, a hungry being longing for freedom, health, and security, or choose to become the instrument of your own redemption, imagining yourself as that which you want to be and thereby satisfying your hunger and redeeming yourself. Oh, be strong then and brave, pure, patient, and true. The work that is yours, let not other hands do. For the strength for all need is faithfully given from the fountain within you, the kingdom of heaven. And the reason why I say imagination is not um, the only force is because as a Christian, I do believe that I can ask God for anything. And if I believe, he'll give it to me. So imagination is one force. Absolutely. But I definitely believe in for me as a Christian and in involving God in my processes. I don't believe in going at it alone, alone, you know. So for me, um, God is going to be, you know, here with me as I go through the transforming process of, you know, becoming a healthier individual and things like that, because I feel like, yes, he gave us the power to get health and wealth and all these things. But I am like, I'm a huge believer in gratitude. So my gratitude is automatically attached to God. I believe that in order to feel and believe and, you know, be in that feeling state of gratitude, you have to attach it to something. And for me, I attach gratitude to God always because I believe that gratitude is a prayer. It is a feeling state and it is praise. So for me, going through this process is not just going to be me by myself. It is going to be me and God. It is going to be he and I. I am going to go through it and he's going to be right there, you know, if should I need him. And that's how I am as a Christian. You know, I I feel sad for people who don't believe in God and feel that, you know, they just walk this earth alone. I would never want to be that person. So for me, God is going to be in every step that I make. And that is not to say, you know, force religion because I'm not a religious person. Like, I don't believe in these man-made religions. No, and, and you know, Christianity to me is not a, a religion. It is a walk. It is, you know, it's followers of Christ. That is who I am. So for me, um, I plan to, like I said, use, use God and, um, you know, have him walk with me every day. So that's just me. But... Um, I hope that you guys have listened, have loved this, uh, these first three, three chapters. Cause I, I, you know, I have, and I feel like it's given me some ahas that I, you know, I forgot about, or I heard and, you know, it didn't really penetrate my mind, especially, you know, thinking from the wish fulfilled. I've always, you know, said, feel the feeling of the wish fulfilled, but, then you can feel that feeling and then come back and think and, you know, if from the place that you're in, it kind of washes, you know? So you have to think, you have to feel the feeling of the wish fulfilled. You have to think from that feeling. And that is how you create the assumption that that is reality for you because you're thinking from it. So that is, has been an aha for me. Because like I said, even though I've heard this concept before, 
it never really registered in my mind until today. So that is a yay for me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today to listen to this episode of the power of awareness. Um, Tune back in. I think we're going to do these once a week now instead of twice. I haven't really decided. So if you don't see it tomorrow, then you'll see it uh, on Wednesday, next Wednesday. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. And I'm going to help you guys because I am almost done with the 21 Days of Thankfulness workbook that will be available on Amazon very, very soon. So I'll let you guys know when that is available. Thank you guys so much. Don't. Uh, oh, also, listen, uh, my little thankful heart um, for your kids up to seven those of you who have small kids that is live right now on amazon so all you have to do is type in my little thankful heart and you'll see her sitting there with a with a nice you know balloon on the front cover that is uh that's my book and it is live 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 i'm so excited it's on amazon so you guys have a blessed day and again thank you so much for tuning in Thank you for listening to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest. Music.